Welcome once again to the Power 5 Mentality Podcast, the first and only podcast discussing mid-major marketing, creative, and more. My name is Scott Peace, and I'm the Associate AD for External Affairs at the University of Evansville. I'm joined, as always, with my co-host and co-worker, Emily McMillan, Assistant Director of Media Relations and Creative Communications, also at UE. Today, we are joined by our first guest of 2021, Mallory Heiser, Design and Brand Advancement Coordinator at Bowling Green State University. Mallory has had an untraditional path to her role in college athletics, having served as a commercial photographer uh, at Sauter and a brand strategist and designer at COAC before designing or before joining BGSU. Mallory, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. So to give a little overview of what we'll talk about with Mallory today, um, we'll learn a little bit more about her experience as a student at BGSU. Um, and some of her jobs that we mentioned were kind of untraditional to get her where she is now in terms of her path to her career. Um, we'll look at what her role is structured like within the athletic department there, as well as some areas of expertise and some projects that she's worked on. So Emily, I'll turn it over to you. Awesome. Yeah, let's jump right in and talk a little bit about um, undergrad. So you obviously went to an undergrad at um, Bowling Green. Um, just talk a little bit about your, your time there and different like experiences that have kind of led you on this path of being um, in athletics uh, ultimately. Okay, so I originally wanted to be a photographer, wedding photographer, um, engagements, seniors, all that kind of stuff. And then I got to school and kind of had this like moment of realization. I literally remember sitting in one of our computer labs and being like, I don't want to work for myself and figure out how to get myself health insurance. Like I would rather work for somebody else and have them do that for me. That sounds really stressful, like learning about how saturated the photography market is and all that kind of stuff. So um, I got an internship with a commercial studio, which is Sauter Woodworking, like you guys mentioned. Um, and I did three full internships there. That's kind of part of visual communication technology, which is what I majored in. Um, you have to have three full-time co-ops to be able to graduate. So I did those and really, really liked it. And then kind of decided that I didn't want to take pictures of furniture forever. Um, every day I was kind of doing studio uh, product photography and it was really fun. And I learned an unbelievable amount about how light works and like photography, and it was just incredible. Like I wouldn't trade the experiences for anything, but I kind of was just like, do I want to take pictures of furniture forever? Like when I graduate, is this what I want to come do? The answer was not quite. So I had been doing a part-time internship during that as well while I was in school with our ice arena here on campus, kind of just doing branding and uh, graphic design for them and really liked graphic design. And the month before I graduated, completely shifted my career and found a full-time position with Coact, which is like a sales synergy business in Toledo, Ohio. Um, and I worked with, and I like literally started the week of final exams. Like I had two days in the office, finished exams, graduated, boom. So that's kind of a weird synopsis of what I did. <laughs> uh, yeah, like I, I'm always... My mind is always blown by photography and photographers because I I dabble in it, but I'm not very good at all because I've not taken the time to learn. But like, what are some of the things that you took from those 
uh, early positions that you had, like like the lighting and all of that that you kind of like helped you know um, that you wanted to go more into like branding and eventually back in, uh, like into athletics? Um, so I worked really closely with the marketing department at the company as a photographer. So it was a lot of going back and forth between the art director and um, the head photographer who I was like the assistant to and making that like vision of what do we want this furniture line to look at in a catalog or online or on Target's website? Like, what do we want it to look like to the consumer and then making that happen in a picture. So I feel like that has kind of helped me a lot. Um, it gave me this idea where I wanted to do more than just take the picture. I really wanted to be involved with the process and the, I don't know, like interpretation of the consumer or the public with what like we're actually doing. So um, I feel like that kind of started to help guide me. I got a lot of that work with the marketing department learning about that. And that's where I started, like I decided to get that uh, minor in marketing. And then um, that position at the ice arena kind of popped up and I was like, oh, perfect. Like I can kind of dip my toes in the water and figure out if I actually want to do the design and the marketing and the like more computer-based side and less of the photography side. So that answer your question? <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I It's always interesting to hear people that didn't like go to school to be in college athletics or like working in this in this field. And so I'm like always curious to hear like what ultimately brought you to um, sports. Um, did, did you like play sports in high school? Like what kind of like got your interest into it and how, how did that all play out? Um, so working at the ice arena on campus, I got pretty familiar with a student intern who was working with the athletic department. We actually had a lot of the same classes. And I would do some crossover work for the arena with like the hockey team and stuff like that. And kind of just got my foot in the door a little bit, kind of learned about what she did. And even as a student, I remember thinking like, holy crap, how do you manage to do all of this? Like she was doing very similar to what I'm doing now. Um, her name is actually Larissa Leck, she's at Purdue, but um, she was like doing all this crazy stuff as a student. And I had this thought was like, I could never, like, how could you manage all of that? And when she left BG and went to Purdue, um, the position became available. And I was like, I don't know, like, I missed BG. Like, I miss the community. I miss, like, the campus. I miss the people. And interviewed. And as soon as I had that first phone interview, I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, this is what kind of was lacking in my career. Like, this um, being part of something that's bigger than just, like, design, right? Like, I got really bored being a graphic designer. I hope like my former coworkers listen to this and are offended, but I got really bored doing like corporate design. Um, it wasn't super fun for me and having that interview and hearing about the job and having an opportunity to be involved in something as big as sports. Um, I think we can all agree that sports, there's nothing like sports and being involved even as a designer or even as you know a social media strategist, like it's so much bigger than what you're doing. And it has so much potential to help like these student athletes progress in their lives and like really achieve something. And I fell in love with it and here I am. I, I totally relate to that at the end of that. It's just being able to tell student athlete stories is what it's all about. Um, I, but I, I think we'll talk more about that and a little bit later in the episode, but I'll pass it over to Scott to talk more Bowling Green stuff. 
Yeah, I mean, like Emily said, I, I'm always fascinated, too, with people who don't have the traditional path to where they got. I mean, I think a lot of times people think you have to have this internship and then assistant director of this and that or whatever, and that's how you get there. But we've seen time and time again, even people on the show that, you know, didn't go that route and are still doing really well, if, if not kind of leading the way. So um, so at this point, you're, you're full time at Bowling Green now. Um, tell us a little bit just what your role looks like as Positions like this do look a little bit different everywhere, it seems like. We've talked to a lot of people now. Um, so what does it look like for you? So for me, being the design and brand advancement coordinator, sorry, my title just changed a couple months ago, but um, I am in charge of our graphic design for pretty much every sport and every part of our department. Um, there are a few sports like that have a designer on staff that take care of their like happy birthday graphics and stuff like that. But um, so I'm our full-time graphic designer. I do a lot of print projects. I'm working on a new bus like wrap right now. So it's not just digital for me. I do a lot of our like big print, like really big installation pieces. Those ones are my most favorite and least favorite. But um, I also oversee all of our main social media accounts. Um, some of them I directly am actively running like every single day and other word, other ones I'm just kind of like overseeing, make sure everything's going okay. Um, and then I also am the one that like comes up with our strategies for our social media. Um, I work now more than last year as our photographer when it comes to headshots, team photos, um, poster shoots. I go out to practices. Sometimes I do game photography depending on what sport it is. Um, and then I also have a really... Um, I'm really heavily involved in our diversity, equity, and inclusion committee on, like, with BGSU, too, so I think that's all, I think that's a thing I do. <laughs> I might miss something. So, with all that being said, sounds like you definitely have your hands full. How is that structured within the department there? Because that's another thing that seems to differ from place to place, whether it's marketing or communications or hybrid or what. How, like, how is kind of the chain of command and where are you structured? So, for most of my career up until a couple months ago, I was pretty much kind of like my own little like department and then worked really closely with athletic communications. Um, but I, the chain of command would have been my boss was our deputy athletic director. So um, there wasn't a ton of like going back and forth with like other people. There's a lot more now. Now I work with um, like I am now a part of our athletic communications, which I believe we changed the title of that department to strategic communication. So I work really, really closely with our SIDs, our video coordinator, our marketing director. Um, I don't know, like you said, it's different at every school, but for us, like we all work really, really closely together. We have a pretty small staff in general. And um, this open line of communication that we all have, I feel like has been able to give us really, really good results, especially pre-COVID when we had like people at games and stuff like that and we could track attendance but you mentioned that part of your job now is being on the diversity and inclusion committee uh, is that something that's new for you or is that something that's been around at Bowling Green for a while and, and what does that look like so I finished a year on the MAC um, diversity equity and inclusion mentorship program and then in the last few months, there has been a specific like task force formed within um, BGSU athletics, not just university, but now specifically the athletic department for that. So um, it's relatively new from that perspective, not saying that other people haven't been doing other work, but um, I've gotten really involved with it. So 
so again, you mentioned all sorts of things that you have your hands in there. Um, and it sounds like your position's kind of evolved over the last couple of years. Uh, what are some of the biggest lessons that you learned or maybe surprises that have come up that you didn't expect before taking on the role? I would say I had no idea that the world of graphic design could evolve at such a breakneck pace. Like corporate design brochures and stuff like that's kind of one thing and it does like evolve pretty subtly and you can see new and like groundbreaking stuff but coming into the world of athletics I had no idea that it was possible for like the entire identity of what's cool to shift like overnight. You wake up like, I'll wake up tomorrow and Clemson or Ohio State will put out something absolutely ridiculous. And um, everything will be different. They'll put out something so cool and it's gonna now set the like tone for the next two months of athletics. So that was a really big shocker for me. No, I think that's a really good point. Um, I know Emily and I are both extremely active on Twitter, especially, and you're right. It's every day there's something new, something creative. Um, I don't know if I would say that all of them hit the mark exactly, but just people getting, you know, putting themselves out there and trying new things. It's like a daily thing, um, especially on the the football recruiting side of things. I think that's one thing that um, I've seen a lot of innovation. Um, so along those lines, I know we're going to talk about the Mac is Back series here in a second, but do you have a favorite? Um, like single design that you've done at Bowling Green or a project you've worked on other than that? Oh my gosh, other than that, um, the last few months have really been a blur. I think I'm pretty happy with the stuff I did for National Signing Day um, or early National Signing Day. It was kind of really different from anything that I've done before. Um, so I was really proud of the way it turned out. It was definitely stressful and it was a really big undertaking, which seems to be my new way of doing things for whatever reason. I don't know, I keep doing that to myself, but um, I really enjoyed it. And then, you know, the Mac is Back series is something that we talked about in our um, pre-recording conversation. So tell us what that is um, as a starting point. Okay, so as I'm sure like everybody else knows, uh, the Mac football got canceled for a while there or postponed, I should say. Um, and when we got word that it was coming back, we really wanted to do something kind of different and out there that would really grab attention and get our fans and the community and players and just people excited in general about the return of a little bit of normalcy. Um, so I can't remember what school it was, but I had seen some sort of recruiting graphic that had just been like an iPhone screen. Um, and I was, I had this thought where I was like, wouldn't that be so cool? Cause like, that's what these student athletes, like that's what the football players are going to be living, right? Like they're going to be living in this world of like their phone blowing up because their sports back. So um, I created this kind of like football, like esque football player phone with a wallpaper and blowing up with like Twitter notifications from the Mac and from the football account and text messages from their coach and I think it was, I included some text messages from Freddie and Frida Falcon, which are our mascots. I don't know how close of communication our football players have with the mascots. They're a pretty big deal. But in my world, that was like text worthy from the birds. So, um, but then we, I made an individual one, like a custom one for every single football player. Again, I said, I keep doing these really big, ridiculous things. Um, 
And then we put them on influencers so that every football player had access to a custom one with like their name and stuff on it that they could push out. I love that. I love that. That's what I'm saying. I think it's for whatever reason, the football recruiting is where I think the most innovation has been. And, and it's really cool to kind of, so we don't have football. So it's kind of cool to sit back and watch that sometimes and see what we can take from it. Uh, so you mentioned influencer. Um, I think they seem to like it too. So talk about um, kind of what they put out about it as well. Um, they reached out to us and did a story about it. I believe that our recruiting coordinator had pushed something out kind of like, I think he was thanking myself and then our football SID for our work on it and had tagged influencer. And otherwise, I don't know that influencer really would have like noticed how big of a role they had played in like getting all those graphics out. Um, but we kind of sat down and did a Zoom call similar to this and talked about um, kind of where the ideas came from and they did a whole blog post about it. And I got a couple questions from people like other designers, like what font did I use for it? And like other, some of those like hacks and stuff. And that was really fun to see other people get really excited and kind of want to try the same thing. So I think my last question kind of along those lines, but maybe bigger picture with when it comes to influencer and things like that. Uh, why do you think that things have shifted so much to the student athlete centered content and um, where do you see that going next? So I think a lot of it has shifted. I'm sure you guys probably like think this as well. Um, name image likeness has a really big um, push factor for student athletes. Um, they want to build their brand. They want to make a splash for themselves, not only as a football player, basketball player, soccer player, what have you. Um, they really want to be known as this person that's also an, a student athlete or a potential professional athlete. And um, I feel like that whole concept and that ability and that potential for that kind of a future has really kind of pushed this idea, especially like you said, in football recruiting for these very individualistic, these very custom, very detailed graphics and pushes and stuff like that. And influencer has really helped us be able to do this for our student athletes. I mean, they have a wealth of content at their fingertips at all times on their phone, on their computers. Um, but I really do think it's kind of that name image likeness thing that's pushing that. And I think a lot of them are tired of just being known as, you know, a student athlete, they want to be known as them. And this helps with that. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with all that. And I think, you know, just the analytics alone, when you compare, you know, similar posts from an individual and a team or a business or whatever it may be, I think the more that that is kind of, um, expanded on and seen people realize that maybe that's the route to go so I definitely agree with that oh I was just gonna say um we've definitely seen fans and other students and stuff care so much more about what each student athlete has to say than what we have to say right. I probably shouldn't say that since I run some of our main accounts but um we see so much higher interaction with the student athletes and why not give them that content to like help them help us is kind of how I look at it yeah, I mean, I've been at Evansville for seven years now, and it's funny, when I first got there, it was almost a rule, you know, not to tag a student athlete, and now we've kind of gone out of our way to include that as much as possible and um, show some of the personality outside of the court and things like that. So we've had a big shift in that just in the last couple of years, for sure. Okay, Emily, I'm going to pass it back to you um, to kind of dive a little bit deeper into some of her other skills as well. Yeah, talk about the um, fun stuff going on at um, Bowling Green. I, as I was telling uh, Mallory this before we started recording, I 
was going through your guys' Twitter the last couple of days and I kind of like fell in love with like the look and like the feel of everything and just how clean everything is. And I'm definitely not just saying that because you're on as a guest, but it's definitely like it, it spoke to my design heart a little bit. Um, but I think it just is very clean and recognizable and very much like, okay, yeah, that's Bowling Green, which is the purpose of um, branding and photography and everything along those lines. Um, just talk about just your uh, thought process and your perspective on uh, branding and photography. Okay, so um, I'll kind of talk about my perspective on our brand. Um, we are the, and of course, as soon as I say this, like on a podcast or something, someone's probably going to do some research and like, like prove me wrong, but we are the only FBS school in the country whose colors are orange and brown. So we're like really unique in that way. And I try to lean really, really heavily into that, especially into orange because we're the only Mac school, especially. So um, I really want to stand out. And I mean, I feel like Skull Sparks has talked about it a lot. I mean, their colors are orange and white, but orange really stands out when you're scrolling. So that's kind of been one of my really, really big pushes since I got here was to make sure that our content isn't in vain and that when people are looking, you know, there's this like old marketing adage that like you have three seconds or something like that to catch someone's attention, right? So I'm trying to do it with as much orange and like big, clean, readable text in like that short little span as possible. So that's kind of what I've been doing. Um, when I got here at the very beginning, I kind of transitioned everything to the orange from that like whitish gray kind of background that was really, really popular there for a while. I don't know if you guys know what I'm talking about, but a couple of years ago it was like what everyone was doing. And I was like, no, we're going to go orange. So that's kind of been my um, thought process there is I really want us to be identifiable. Um, I guess it's working if you kind of think we're identifiable. So you have no idea how happy that made me when you said that I was like, yes, like it's working, it's working. So um, that's been one of the really big things. I, I wanted to talk a little bit about the orange because UE, um, our sec secondary color kind of is orange and I have the hardest time um, trying to design things around orange because we're the purple aces. So we focus on the purple, um, but purple and orange is a very unique color combination in the world of athletics. And so um, I how have you kind of embraced orange? Because orange is to me very, I don't know, I, I, I grew up, k-state fans so i go towards the purple a lot and so uh, just like how have you embraced the orange um and brown at um at bowling green so one of the things that i found to be really important when working with orange at least our shade is that it almost never looks super pretty and perfect when it's just like a plain orange by itself i play with textures and opacities and overlays. I mean, every single graphic I have probably has at least like three background layers, just kind of like building and giving it texture. Um, I feel like orange is kind of one of those colors where if it's flat, it gets lost. Um, so that's kind of one of the things that I think has really helped me, especially this, this year since the pandemic started in March, I've really had a lot more time to play around with that. Not having a million events to go to really gave me a lot of time to actually kind of like wade in deep, but the layering and playing with that. And then I very much use brown as an accent color. Um, I have not really dived too deep into using it as kind of like a primary. Um, I've kind of really played around with the idea of maybe using our brown on something that would be super different. So when things are 
hopefully fingers crossed normal again and we can have fans. I've thought about, you know, maybe some pack the house kind of graphics that are brown centric because it would be so different from to our audience. In that situation, I'd be trying to target people who already know about BG and want to come to games and stuff. So something that's like brown and in your face like that would be kind of different and disruptive to them on the timeline. But I, like I said, it's really been focusing heavy on the orange and then kind of like looking at what graphics people have really responded to well. And a lot of that has anything to do with um, like player centric stats, which is weird. So we focus a lot on that. But as far as brand strategy goes, it's always been the orange and brown and then making sure our Peekaboo logo is on there. It's really important to our administration administrative staff. So Peekaboo is like our nickname for our BG logo, but he's got to be on everything all the time. Like it's a huge part of our brand. Can I hop in yeah. with a question here? Yeah, just definitely. something I thought of. Um, is the orange and brown always been your colors? Um, you know, has the Falcon always been your mascot? Things like that. Because you know um, we're the purple aces, we're purple and orange. But until I mean, it wasn't recently, but there was a time. Honestly, I don't remember when, but it was either '90s or even 2000s that we were actually purple and yellow. Um, and you know, Ace Purple himself is a riverboat gambler, so we've kind of steered away from the whole gambler side of his persona, I guess. Even though uh, he's that side of it is very popular with our fan base, so it's kind of balancing all of that. I was just curious if you've always had that, or if it's changed over the years, or or what. So if memory serves me correct, and I'm not going to do my alma mater, like this biggest disservice by like misspeaking here, but um, it's pretty much always been orange and brown to my knowledge. And it's always been the Falcons. Um, there's this like little anecdote that our president at the time or someone involved with like choosing that kind of information. I don't know who really like does that back in like the 1910s or whatever, but he was getting on or off a train or something and saw this woman with like an orange and brown feather in her hat because you know 1900 and super cute little hats and it was like a weird color combination apparently at the time and he was like those are going to be our colors like that is on our website like that story is real so it's always been orange and brown at least as far back as like 1910 I think but um fun fact the Cleveland Browns actually got their color inspiration from us like we were around first and then they had a practice field on our campus. So all BG. <laughs> it's just funny because I think until like the mid 1920s, we were, I want to say the pioneers first and we were purple and yellow. And then we had kind of a legendary basketball coach in the 60s and 70s who wore red socks. So like randomly red became like a part of the fan base, although it was no part of our actual official colors in any way. And then it's purple and yellow. And then now it's purple and orange. And we, we actually rebranded uh last year or the year before i honestly don't remember april 2019 april 2019 yeah. um which was much needed because i'm not shy about talking about how much i disliked our other logo uh it didn't make any sense for a number of reasons but um yeah sorry to go off on that it's just one thing i was curious about to see um kind of the history behind it oh of course we have several fans especially we call them old school fans that are not a big fan of our current logo which I believe is somewhere between like 10 and 15 years old um they really like this old like vintage mark that we call it the LT because if you look at it it literally looks like a script L and a T together and it's just a falcon head but 
we've had a couple different logo changes, but the colors have stayed the same. Yeah, we, like Scott said, we uh, rebranded um, back in 2019 before I got to UE. And so I, from like day one, having a new set of logos was really cool. But last year, our big push was to make sure everyone knew we had a new logo, um, especially in our fan base. So we did like um, our posters, we just like put the um, student athletes inside the new logos and just making it very clear to all of our fan base to get on board with the new um, logos. But it, I, I think it's worked kind of, but not really. It, it, it takes a while. <laughs> it takes a while to get a rebrand going. Um, but kind of shifting gears to the photography um, side of your job, um, we talked about earlier the the passion you have for telling student or like stories through photography, um, and just how cool that is, and how a unique kind of opportunity that is with uh, photography. Just talk about that and talk about your how how you go about um, achieving the goals because you're also the one that is taking those photos and using them on graphics, which we all know the Kita good graphic is a good photo. So just uh, talk a little bit about that. Okay, so um, I have a couple different kind of like uh, styles depending on kind of what I'm shooting for. And exactly like you just said, being the person using the photos to put on the graphics, it I feel like has made a really big impact on how I shoot a lot of stuff. I mean, specifically, of course, when it comes to like a poster shoot or something that's a little bit more fun, I'm thinking, okay, this is a cool shot, but like, is it gonna be cool for a graphic? Or what is cool for a graphic that I can make happen in this photo shoot in like 15 minutes that I have with this kid? So that's been a really big part of it. Um, for me, a lot of the time, as far as studio shooting goes, that's dramatic kind of clamshell lighting. I don't have like a really big um, extensive or complicated setup. It's really just clamshell lighting, a fill light, white background working on getting my hands on an orange background. We'll see how that goes, but you might be seeing some cool orange background photos coming from us soon, fingers crossed. Um, and then when it comes to like more action kind of stuff, um, I don't know if this is gonna be like a wild thing to say, but I really like shooting practice. I don't, I, I like shooting games, but I prefer shooting practice because I feel like those Moments are really raw and genuine um, when there aren't people watching. And I mean, of course, there aren't people really watching right now because of COVID, but the student athletes are so themselves and so raw and so unguarded. I've gotten some of my favorite photos ever from, you know, an early October morning football practice or a soccer practice in late August. Like I love that kind of stuff. And we have sports photographers other than just me, like people who come from the, um, uh, university side of things with like really, really awesome, extensive cameras and they're awesome and they know what they're doing. So like I kind of a lot of the time leave the really clean action shots to them and focus on really raw and emotional photography, um, stuff that I know would make a really cool like effect on a graphic or specifically that I know the student athletes would want to share. Going back to that conversation we had, I focus a lot on that. Like if I'm Justin Turner on the men's basketball team, which I am not, I am I have no hand-eye coordination, none whatsoever. But if I'm Justin Turner, what kind of pictures do I wanna share? And what kind of stuff do I wanna put out to the world, show people and like, who is Justin Turner? So that's one of my really big effects. I like getting to games super early and getting warm-ups and getting all that kind of stuff. So yeah, I don't know. I'm kind of all over the place. <laughs> I, I, 
I relate to a lot of that because I, I take photos at almost all of our home games that I'm not being an SID for. And so it's it's those almost generic photos of like either emotion or like uh, huddle shots or um, the things that actually do tell a story past that one game, I think is, um, I, I think is what you're getting at is like what things make mm-hmm. sense on graphics and what makes sense to um, for student athletes to share. Um, I personally wish we had influencer at UE a little bit, but we we have a file share um, program when we're, we're working on getting our student athletes more involved with that. Um, ra- random question along those lines, how do you um, communicate to your coaches and your student athletes about the importance of you using influencer and um, getting them to actually use the content you're providing them? Uh, yeah, so every, pretty much late summer, every fall, this is our second year with it. So I say every, but this is like the second time we did it. Um, we do an onboarding with the whole team um, to show freshmen what's up or like tra- like new kids, tell them how it works, what it's going, what are the benefits for them, and then kind of give all of the um, rest of the team kind of a refresher on what it is. And um, occasionally we'll kind of talk about how that there will be expectations from a like pack the house standpoint. That's just what we call really big games that we really want to like push tickets for. And that, you know, we would really appreciate it if you would share this kind of content or you'll know we'll tag you when we want you to share it. It's to fill the arena or to fill the stands so that you have more people there. But um, we have never really had to expressly tell them how important it is. Like they all are always really excited about it. and kind of understand the importance. I mean, some days I'll get like DMs from some of the kids that are like, hey Mallory, like, are those the only photos you have? Do you have any more for on influencer? Like, or you know, right after the game, it's like, hey, I checked influencer, like, did you get any more photos of me? And it's like they love it. Like they love it. And I'm really glad we didn't have to really explain the importance that they just kind of like it that it clicked for them and that they do appreciate it as a service. And I appreciate it because it means I don't have to send a million emails every day to every kid on every team. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, that, that's cool to hear. Like we're very early on in the process of trying to get our student athletes, like we were talking about earlier, to get actually share content. Um, but kind of shifting gears a little bit, um, as we all know, being a major, you, you kind of uh, hit some challenges or different roadblocks as you're trying to make these different uh, changes in branding and using all of your resources effectively. What um, what things have you overcome to accomplish things that you, you have at, at Bowling Green? You really hit me with this one. Um, what kind of stuff have I kind of like overcome here is like to kind of like achieve kind of where we're at? Um, I think kind of one of the really big things is been setting boundaries. Before I came here, there was not a specific person in my role full time. It was just kind of a student intern position that switched in and out. The SIDs did a lot of the graphic work. Um, The video or the marketing guy who kind of knew graphic stuff, they would get some stuff done. So for me, I think one of the really hard parts was setting boundaries as far as what I can and can't accomplish realistically or like what real timelines were. Um, That was kind of hard. And then I think it was also like kind of shifting the think 
like I was very lucky to have like an AD and a deputy AD and you know a uh like a the AD of strategic communications who's also our football SAD but they really understood the importance of a role of like graphic and social media in college athletics and how quickly that role was kind of shifting a few years ago I feel like it went especially for a lot of mid-major or like Mac schools people didn't have a graphic designer on staff. It just kind of was like this like haphazard situation, which I totally get. I am so sorry to anyone that had to like deal with it like before I got here. Like I make fun of the guys all the time, but um, I think it was like hard with other people throughout our department to kind of like explain why I needed to be here and why we should do things a certain way, like in contrast to like how they had always been done. So I feel like there was a lot of urge where it was just like, oh, we'll just send out an email or we'll just send it out to the list and we'll hit people that way. And then it was kind of like reshifting think to like, okay, we could send out emails, but how many people are opening them? So why don't we do, why don't we do social media? Why don't we try to hit people in this way? Like they had never really done like Facebook events before, which seems like such like a no brainer to me. I don't know. We get pretty good feedback off of Facebook events. Like people buying tickets are on Facebook for us, but um So that was kind of one of the hard things I think is really setting boundaries with people with like the realistic expectations of like what can Mallory do and what can't Mallory do and how quickly can Mallory actually do it without like staying up 48 hours straight. And then um, also just that kind of like shifting the thing for a department that just wasn't used to having someone like me around to rely on. So I hope that makes sense. Yeah, no, but absolutely. Without going into a bunch of detail, that's exactly how I feel at UE right now. Is trying to figure out where that balance is, but also making the new expectations and the new um, places to go. But kind of my final question in this section is, if you had to summarize Bowling Green's branding in just like a sentence, how would you summarize? I don't know if I have a sentence. I have a word for you, loud. Loud is always what I'm going for. I'm looking to stick out from everybody else, so loud. I, I like that. I like that a lot. Um, <laughs> okay, well, I'll pass it back over to Scott for our favorite R&D segment. Well, I always love asking the creatives and the graphic designers um, this question because there's so many good examples. Um, so maybe one that you haven't talked about yet so far. What is your favorite example of a time you borrowed an idea from someone else and implemented it yourself? Okay, one that I haven't talked about yet. Um, So if it's okay with you guys, I'm going to do like a social media thing. And this is probably going to sound like so silly and simple. But over the summer, I saw, I can't even remember if it was like a major league sports team, or if it was just like a normal corporate company, because I follow a lot of uh, social media strategists that work for just corporate businesses. Um, People were like, someone tweeted out, uh, show us a picture of your dog, and we'll tell them blank. And so we put out on Twitter and Facebook both, like, drop a picture of your pet, we'll tell you what sport they play. And I can tell you with absolute certainty, no matter anything that has ever happened since I've been at BGSU Athletics, those were the most interacted with posts, the most commented on, like, anything you can think of, the most impressions, it were it was that tweet and that Facebook post. And it was just so that. silly. Like, I, I think a lot of people in our department were, like, just blown away. They were like, that like that's what got people to pay attention and it's like yeah it was fun in the middle of a pandemic people are taking pictures of their dog 
Yeah, I think that's the the key point there is that there was so much time for all of that from really like late March on where people were just trying to find anything to distract or entertain or whatever it may be. So there was a lot of those kind of posts. So I know we stole some things on our end as well. So no, I think that's a perfect example. Okay, well, before we let you go, we always like to leave uh, however much time you need, couple seconds, couple minutes, whatever it may be, if there's any final remarks or anything you'd wanna to share to, to anyone listening. Um, I would like to say, kind of going back to what you said, Emily, kind of in the beginning is, I'll, I had a really weird start in college athletics because I did not plan in any way, shape or form to ever end up here. Um, and I have a lot of interns and students and people who ask me kind of how I got here and if I have any advice and kind of my big thing is just like, go for it, work really, really hard, um, see if you can get your foot in the door. I was really lucky that I had like worked at the ice arena and at least had a little bit of affiliation with athletics, even if it was very like secular and kind of not the same thing at all, but just go for it. Absolutely. Just try, you know, DM the person who does the graphics. I get stuff like that all the time. People DM me asking, you know, do I have internships? Do I have advice for them? Will I look at their portfolio? And it's just take that chance because chances are, if you're reaching out to somebody like me, I will absolutely take your help. I will absolutely bring somebody on board that has a fresh eye and has a really good idea of design or is even just actually in college and knows what these youths are up to. So it's just like, go for it is really my big thing. All right. Well, I can't thank you enough for joining us. Hope you enjoyed it. Um, and I also want to remind everyone to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at P5Mentality. Subscribe to and rate us on your favorite podcast streaming site. Check out our blog on the Power 5 Mentality website. And remember, Power 5 is just a mentality. Ooh.